Honky, honky, quacky, quacky, and a roomy, roomy to you. Welcome into another episode of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. A beautiful Saturday evening here in the Twin Cities metro area. Thanks for checking on in. I am Stan Poggle, your co-host, and my friend Chris Kudak, legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer, as always, checking in from an undisclosed location. How are we doing, buddy? Good, good. We had a good night fishing last night at Mille Lacs. Uh, I had some people that from out of state that were up, and by God, we, we got a bunch of nice walleyes last night, and I, I explained to them that there's no walleyes in the lake, and they kind of chuckled. They said, huh, boy, yeah. we've got pretty many of them here, and there's no walleyes in this lake. I said, no, no walleyes in this lake. And it's catch and release only. Yeah, that's an unfortunate thing, and uh, we've talked about that over over the years here on Outdoor Adventures, and hopefully, uh, I guess all you can do is cross your fingers, but there is one change that we'll probably have to talk about here, either if not today, we'll get into it more next week here on Outdoor Adventures, but I'm sure you've heard uh, our friend uh, Don Pereira, he has stepped down from the chief uh, fisheries advisor in the state of Minnesota, and Brad Parsons, they named him the most recent fisheries chief so we have a new uh, chief in the building so to speak so maybe he can turn things around well you know i i hope so i mean it's it, something's got to be done and it's uh you know once we get the governor out and he gets his new entourage in there because he's the one that puts him in that position you know we'll see how it all works out but uh you know it, 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 something, something's got to change in the state. I mean, that's just all there's to it. I mean, it ain't just Black and other, you know, the pheasants and the turkeys and the deer. And I mean, it's everything. It's something's got to, something's got to change. We definitely will have a lot of changes with a new governor coming in the office here uh, next uh, January. So, it's uh, something we all are probably looking forward to. I'm guessing, especially uh, listeners to this station here, uh, ready to get uh, Dayton out of office. Uh, for sure. Uh, a couple other things we'll chat about today. Uh, we got some uh, new numbers in on the rough and sharp-tailed grouse numbers. Um, uh, they're down a little bit, so we'll talk about that. We'll also uh, introduce you to the new state fisheries chief, Brad Parsons. we got a little bio on him and uh, what he's done in the past and what he plans on doing in the future as the uh, new uh, fisheries chief here for the Minnesota DNR. And uh, a lot of the old-timers are uh, getting on out of there, and they're bringing in some new guys and but uh, still, uh, he has seems to have a lot of experience when it comes to uh, biologies and fisheries management. I know he's been doing it for, I think, 20, 30 years here for the DNR. He was at a little bit lower position, more regional rather than the state. So uh, been promoted up a notch. Yeah, I think he was out at Erie, and then he was up to Lake of the Woods, and now he's down here. So, uh, you know what? I, I think they're finding out because they've been netting a lot of fish and tagging fish and doing this and doing that. I, I think they're finding out there, there's more fish in the lake than what there is. And, uh, you know, the lake is not as bad as they think it is. So, you know, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Hopefully we can be able to keep a couple fish. I mean, we were out there last night and I had two people on the boat. And, I mean, we caught lots of fish and lots of different year classes, lots of nice fish. And, I mean, we didn't go that far out of Maxwood Bay. We were on launch there, and, you know, we were fishing in 14 feet of water, and, I mean, we had doubles, and we missed a lot of fish. I mean, the guy, the, the people had a fun time. The young kids were just having a riot catching fish. And, you know, there's, I go, I was up there this morning again, and boat launches are full, but 
they're not walleye guys, they're bass guys. Yeah. And uh, many tournaments coming up there, I'm guessing, in the future, too. So uh, we'll keep you up to date on what's going on, Malax. And I know we chatted about uh, the regulation changes possibly up at Lake of the Woods, where they're talking about going from a uh, six-fish limit down to, or eight-fish limit down to, I believe, what is it, six in the wintertime, and then uh, closing the, uh, making it catch and release only during the spring season there up at Lake of the Woods, and you have until the 11th, which I believe is uh, like next Tuesday or something like that. So just a couple more days to uh, sound off on that, Kudak. Yeah, it, you know, it, hopefully they'll get it taken care of. Hopefully it don't turn on to be a Malax deal, but, you know, you know, I, I can see where, I can see where you know, we talked to JP there about the, you know, about the rainy, where they're, where they're in there catching the fish in the spawn, where you let them fish go in the spawn and I, you know, in the longer, I think they'll be a lot better off because the fish get in there to spawn. They got the little ones, and he goes, "Go catch, go catch the the sturgeon up there." I mean, that's a big deal for them guys up there, and that's a that's a good draw for them people. Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting because obviously the resorts, and we had JP uh, on here a couple of weeks ago, and uh, definitely important for the for the uh, uh, resort owners and uh, the launches and. And the guides and and the fish house operators and all that. So uh, we'll keep a close eye on that as well and uh, get you more information on that. And uh, also this week, as you suggested, Kudak, I got a hold of my buddy uh, Troy Sargent, and uh, we're going to be chatting a little bit of race cars, uh, muscle cars here today. So I'm sure you're excited about that because you kind of grew up in that area era, and you were pretty lucky to kind of experience all those fast cars in real time whereas as my generation we had to kind of look back and kind of imagine what it was like but uh what can you say uh, as far as growing up in that era how things changed and you know the gas guzzling the muscle cars the fast cars had to be a fun time i'm guessing well matter of fact the guys that were at the launch last night they were they were into the muscle car areas. They had the, 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 the RTs, the Chargers, the Challengers, the Kudas. And we, we gabbed about that last night. And this morning they had, you know, it's car show season now. Everybody's got car shows around. I know they had a big car show, and I had some buddies in there that had their had their, their cars up there. So I stopped and see them this morning. And, you know, it's pretty cool to see all the cars from back in the 60s and the 70s and, and uh, you know, early 80s that, with, with the 426 heavies in them and the 383s, the 440s, the 350s all punched out, and how these guys have restored these things, and some of them, you know, didn't they haven't restored them, but they're 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 in A1 shape. But I mean, these cars are gorgeous. I mean, the, the kids nowadays, you know, you you, I mean, yeah, we do got nice cars, and, and some of the new demons, the new, you know, they're they got lots of horsepower in them, but they're they're not like the old, you know, you know, 68, 69, 70s. That we had back then with the 340s and the 446 packs and the 426 Hemis, the 392 Hemis that you bought, and you could go to the drag strip and you could turn 10 seconds with them in a quarter mile. Yeah, it it is pretty amazing. I, I wish I had a time machine. If that was that would definitely be a time I would go back to if I did have a time machine. That's for sure. Well, I'll tell you what. If if if, if Chrysler Plymouth would come out with a with an AAR Cuda, just like they had back in the 70s. Or and Chevy would come out with the the Chevelle. I mean, they had some classic cars back then. If they went back to the old style, the way they had them, they they I, I would believe they would sell a ton of them. Because I mean, there's guys that are, you know, they're they're in junkyards looking for these things. They're they're 
and, they, and they're restoring them. I mean, they're putting 20, 30, 40,000 and restoring these cars that they want them back to the original. They want matching numbers. And, I mean, you look at the Barrett Axe deal, Barrett, Barrett uh, back, Jackson, Jackson yep. on the deal. I mean, some of these muscle cars are going for big money. Yeah, there's some well above uh, six figures, and and uh, unfortunately, I'm never going to be able to afford one of those. But the entry-level ones, you know, those those are uh, more economical, and you can get into something, you know, for a reasonable price. But we're going to chat with uh, Sergeant Garage. Our buddy Troy Sergeant will be joining us. Actually, his brother runs the uh, Sergeant Garage, but uh, according to uh, Troy, he he was a little, little nervous to talk to us on the radio. I don't know why he'd be that way, but... But Troy's an old radio friend of mine, so I'm sure he'll do great. By the way, did you get that picture of the motorcycle with the sidecar with the horses <laughs> I sent you? I did not get that. Did you text it to me or Facebook it to me? No, I Facebooked it to you. And I got so many so many likes on that deal. It was the funniest thing. The guy had a <laughs> had a had a had a motorcycle. He had the sidecar on it. And he had a horse in it, and around his handlebars, he had his rope and his spurs. And I, I mean, it was a, it was. I looked at that, and I started laughing. I said, "Stanley, right up your alley." Yeah, yeah. And I sent you a cool one too for your four wheeler, a little four wheeler trick you can maybe try. So, lots of things there. You can check us out on Outdoor Adventures on Facebook. Give us a like and uh, follow us there. We uh, post updates, uh, whether it's from the DNR. We post uh, weekly updates there. The fishing reports. Uh, different uh, press releases, like, for example, we posted the one on the new uh, fisheries chief, Brad Parsons. That's on our uh, Outdoor Adventures Facebook page as well, and all our friends and family there and listeners on Facebook as well. So go give us a check it out there. And don't forget to download that free iHeartRadio app as well. You can listen to us live. We're live here every Saturday night from 5 to 6 on News Talk 1130 and also uh, streaming live on TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com or uh, search Twin Cities News Talk on that free iHeartRadio app. And then if you miss any part of the show, you can always go back, download it, listen to it anytime for free on the iHeartRadio app. Just search Outdoor Adventures there. Well, Kudak, we're going to uh, make your day next. we got Troy Sargent from Sargent Garage out in Rapid City, South Dakota, and we'll be chatting the fast cars, muscle cars coming up next, and all the classics here on Outdoor Adventures, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. More outdoor adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and anywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Just search Outdoor Adventures there, and you can find all our past and present episodes and also listen live there from anywhere in the world for free. Stan Poggle and Chris Kudak here with Outdoor Adventures. And uh, Kudak, you, you called me here this last week, and you said, you know, we got to get that Sarge guy on because we got to talk some cars. Yeah, yeah, we had him on last year, but about this time of the year, it, you know, it's it's that time of the season. The, the it's summertime out. The all the muscle cars are out. The classics are out, and, and you know what? It's it's fun to talk to these guys because they're you know there's a, there's a it's a it's a new breed of auto body restoration, and these guys are probably probably some of the top guys doing it. Yeah, so let's welcome him in from Sergeant Garage. Our friend uh, Troy Sargent used to do radio with this guy. He's called Championship Football, Championship Basketball, Championship Wrestling, and Championship Baseball, I believe, as well. And he also 
pulled one of the greatest radio pranks ever, and I don't know if we'll get to that story or not, but uh, we maybe get to the uh, Tinkle prank a little bit later there, Sarge. But uh, welcome into Outdoor Adventures. How are we doing, bud? I'm doing awesome, and I'm glad to be here. You guys are great. I uh, I was going to ask uh, how you guys are doing, but I don't really have to because every time I jump on Facebook, it seems like you and Kudik are headed somewhere fishing. So I don't know how you pull that off, but radio sure has changed since I've been yeah, it definitely has uh, for uh, the better or for the worse. I still love it, and I know you still do as well. So uh, you still dabble a little bit from what I hear. You know, I have. we got a little local station here that uh, once in a while needs a little help, so I'll go do a little play-by-play. But, you know, when I first started way back in, what would have been, 96, something like that? So I, I there was a bidding war over me, you know. No, I, I don't know if I ever heard this story. Oh, yeah, yeah, just across the border in Wisconsin. I won't say the name of the town. And then in a little town of southern Minnesota, had a little battle over me. And uh, we had a pretty good bidding war going on, and I got from 12-4 a year all the way up to 12-9 a year before <laughs> I decided to, to pick a particular job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are the days of uh, no AC sitting in your underwear with a box fan uh, waiting to go to work. That is uh, definitely correct. But uh, Troy Sargent of Sargent Garage joining us. They're out of uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. And uh, first off, uh, why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit about uh, Sargent Garage and what you guys kind of specialize in and what's your bread and butter and all that. Yeah, Sargent Garage, it's actually the main owner of that would be my little brother, Brett, um, I just kind of dabble with them guys. Me, myself, I, I, I'm not good at any of that. Um, the thing I like is the cars and uh, uh, finding things, talking to people. And then, of course, I run it by the experts. But um, out there at, at, at Sergeant Garage in Rapid City, they, uh, they, they are those two. There's two guys out there that kind of run the show, one being my, my brother uh, and the other guy by the name of Cody and uh you know seldom do you find one guy that's just the best in the business they're lucky enough to have two um they're both so good at what they do uh with restoration of cars not only with that but they go to the bread and butter stuff that you were talking about where you gotta you know uh you gotta fix other things to pay light bills but of course what they're known for is uh, their restoration on cars They've done many, uh, you know, hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred $200,000 cars out there as far as restoration goes. And then they've done, of course, your little basics. And uh, I guess what I like about those two guys the best is they're, they're very honest with, with what you can do with a car, what you should do with a car, what you can spend with a car, or what your car's worth. And, you know, it seems like we're not – we're kind of in a world where people kind of – seem to blow a little smoke and it's kind of cool that those guys they just they just don't do that so um def- definitely some of the best guys in the business right now uh they have um they have held their own and outlasted uh, many of the big name guys i know there was a big name shop out in wyoming that co- that uh, closed there was a big name shop right in rapid city south dakota that's no longer there and those boys are still kicking and, and very very successful so if you check them out on Instagram or, or Facebook, uh, uh, you can kind of see some of their uh, uh, 
funny, sometimes stupid videos that they put on there, and uh, but you can see that they're they're quite personable guys. Yeah, I just saw one the other day where they were, I, I believe it was a what was it a Cooter or a Challenger, I think it was, and they were going to take it out on one of the uh, local roads and do some drag racing. But how do I see the ending? That's what I wanted to see. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering where they're going with that because a lot of times I think they're going to build up the suspicion and then uh, or the uh, suspense rather, and then they'll you know forget. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll have to call and say, hey, whatever happened when you launched that drag car? So <laughs> um, that's kind of a fun thing about those guys, too, is they get so much cool stuff in and out of that shop. They also have a next-door neighbor by the name of Waddy's Garage, and he's he's a big Mopar expert, but uh, he always has something cool coming in and out. So they these, these cars go from shop to shop. Uh, so, so it's kind of cool when you when you bring them into Sergeant Garage, if there's any kind of uh, wiring or specialty motor work or anything, they got right across, and I mean right across the yard, they got Waddy's Garage there. They can take it right there. So you can kind of bring your car there, start to finish. You know, you ain't taking it out, uh, you know, to four or five different sites and trail it around to get little things done. They can, they got guys that go from start to finish on the car and start to finish best of the best you know and, and and i always say you know you guys are into hunting and fishing so this is a perfect analogy when somebody gets a dog and they go hunting it's just the best hunting dog that's ever been you ever heard the guy tell that story they always they always got yeah, yeah. they always got the best hunting dog there or is. the best gun or the best uh, pickup truck or four-wheeler yep yeah so it's really hard when i'm talking about you know, a shop that I, you know, I'm involved in, and, and, and you know, to say, well, it's the best of the best, it's the best of the best. But you know, I think the quality, uh, if, you, if you ever have a chance to to, to be in that area, or um, you know, just even look at some of the pictures, they don't do justice. But the quality does really speak for itself. Uh, it, it is very top notch, and uh, and I'd love well, to see somebody style. You know, back back in the day when I grew up in the '70s. You know, we, we went to Minnesota, we raced at Minnesota Drag Race, and we would go to North Star. I mean, we, we, everybody in the neighborhood had a muscle car. I mean, we had, I raced a 70 Duster, I had a 70 Cuda that we, you know, we punched them all out and did what we could. And, and I, we were, ta- I was talking with a guy, my, my first car when I was 16 years old was a 69 Dodge Coronet RT 440. And I mean, I'm a Mopar guy too, so. We had, we had, you know, I was a Mopar guy. All the rest of the guys were, were Chevy guys. One buddy of mine had a pro stock Camaro. Well, we had Warren Johnson. that lived across the river for us. And, you know, we would go over and pick his brain. And we had a few other guys that ran rails. And Tommy Hoover was down the street from us at Hoover Wheel Alignment. So, uh, we, 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 you know, we had, we had kids these days don't, don't have an inkling what we what what was fun back in. We, we, we hunted fish. We drag raced in the summer and played hockey in the winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then and what else do you need? I guess it's kind of you know. I think we're a little too complicated in today's age. So. <laughs> well, you know, though we we didn't have the computers, the cell phones, and this and that. So we we went out, you know, worked on you know. I had, I had motorcycles. I had a three hundred five scrambler that I took apart and redid and repainted and you know did this and then worked on the cars in the wintertime. We had them in a heated garage and. You know, you learn something. I mean, you didn't sit on a computer and play uh, blow up the neighborhood or something or whatever they do. And, you know, we didn't have a lot of shootings and killings back then. I mean, we, we 
people were a little more down to earth, I think. Yeah, that is definitely true. We're chatting with Troy Sargent of Sargent Garage out of Rapid City, South Dakota. They restore classic cars uh, all the way from top to bottom. And that was one thing you mentioned, uh, you know, with the with the modern technology and stuff. And something I've seen a lot of is a lot of these old-timers with the old muscle cars, they're putting, you know, the power steering and the power brakes and, and some safety features, air conditioning, uh, I'm just kind of curious, as a, as a car enthusiast, Sarge, how you feel about that. Should should they stay with the old school and tough it out with no AC, or, or do you almost have to have that nowadays? It just depends on what you got. I'll tell you why. Here's a great story for you that, that, I, can, that I can hopefully answer the question. So I got a friend of mine that I, I do plenty of work with. He owns a, a big company and do a lot of work with this guy. So he says to me, hey, you know, I think I found something. I want you to come out and look at it. So I'm going to make this story short. So anybody who's wondering if these, these barn signs are still out there, we jumped in a pickup and we drive out. And here in this old Quonset, he says, I know it's, it's an Oldsmobile and I know it's a 442. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, and I, I think it's a four-speed. He says, I don't, I, I'm not sure. Well, I walk in. The first thing I see is this W30 uh, on the front fender. <laughs> And I open up the hood, which is a fiberglass hood, which is all original to the car. And inside, there's these fenders, and they're plastic, and they're maroon. So anybody that kind of knows a little bit about cars, you would look at that, if you didn't know about cars, and say, why did they replace the fenders on the inside, or the rear uh, tire wheel? Well, that's the way they are. That's the way they came out of the factory on these uh, ultra-rare 442W30 cars. And this car is in, in, in crazy nice shape. Uh, the chrome's pretty good. The vinyl top, believe it or not, is really good. Uh, needs some interior work. But what we'll do with that car is we'll try to bring it back a little bit, but we will not mess with that car. We will not change anything about that car. Original motor, you know, the interior will be uh, repaired, but... There'll be certain spots on that car that aren't redone, but it doesn't matter because it's a survivor. Sure. So you don't want to go and mess with that survivor. You don't want to go take, you know, and uh, uh, put a, a nice stereo and some air conditioning in that car because it's it's a survivor. And that is probably have, worth more too that way. I'm guessing. Well, you know, you can you can go restore that car for eighty thousand dollars, and 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 have you know, don't quote me, but you can have an Eighty or $90,000 car, or you can leave that car uh, the way it is and probably have close to an $80,000 yeah, car. exactly. So, so, I mean, there's no sense of doing anything or change, but you definitely want that car to be original. You don't want to change anything on it. Now, I have a car. I love my car. I have a 71 Dodge Challenger RT clone. So it's a sassy grass green clone. Love the car. It's awesome. But if I decided I wanted to have air conditioning, it is actually an AC car. But, you know, if I wanted to change that out, put the stereo in it, do some different things, modify that car, it is not going to affect the value of that car one way or the other. It's just going to be more comfortable for me. So it definitely depends on what you have for a car, you know, whether you want to go in and start modifying things. So Gotcha. Um, Troy Sargent is our guest from Sargent Garage out of Rapid City, South Dakota. You can find him uh on Facebook there, and also uh, check out our page. We'll post some pictures 
of uh, some of the projects they've done over the year. Uh, we're talking classic car restoration and uh, just uh, some fun stuff uh, from back in the day here on Outdoor Adventures. And we'll have more for you next here right after the news on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. Got your name in the old dead car Throwing rods at the fishing hole Breaking backs at your daddy's farm Your man never meant no harm He'd say, leave your mark everywhere you go into the second half of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and FM 103.5 and the free iHeartRadio app. And Kudak, I don't know if you knew this, but our friend Sarge here is also an aspiring musician as well. So we may have to hook him up with our buddy Les Meister sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Sarge, you know, I, I seen that, that picture where they, that little deal on Facebook that they put out. With, it was it was a 70 Cuda, I believe it was, that they took out on the road. You tell them if they, we got the big big race up at Brainerd here, if they want somebody to drive it to bring it up, and I'll, I'll take it down the track a few times for them. <laughs> I, I'm sure they would, uh, I'm sure they would, oh, no, that's a lie. I don't think they would probably let you know. <laughs> we, we call think... We call Kudak Mr. Broken around here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't think they'd let me because uh, it w- it, they probably wouldn't get me out of it. But they got the they got the big nationals coming up here. All the big dogs are coming up here in the next oh I think a month, and then they got the uh, it's, it's car shows everywhere. Every weekend there's a big car show around here, and uh, I'd like to see some of the cars your, your brother's cars come up here because he's the way it looks. I looked at some pictures. He's got some baddies over there. Yeah, man, they have a lot of stuff coming in and out of there. So. Uh... Uh, they definitely keep it interesting and entertaining around there, and, and uh, you know, I think that's part of their charm too. Is is when it comes to uh, you know it comes to keeping up with social media and different things. When people actually see pictures of actually what goes in, what comes in, it might just come in for a buff job. You know, it ain't like they all come in for full restorations, but people will come in to fix a little thing on their uh, you know on their car, or come in to get it buffed, or come in for actually storage. I don't know if you've seen, he's got a new building out there now that. It's all classic car storage, and uh, yeah, that's a fun deal to see just all the different cars that he actually has stored out there for, uh, you know, for certain people that, uh, uh, you know, come out on the weekends and grab them and drive them. So I don't know. He he provides a lot of services, but it's just really cool to look at their site and see all the different cars that roll in and out of that driveway. So. Well, that's what's amazing when you start looking around, especially with the uh, invention of the internet. You see, there's so much more out there and. Like you were talking about that Oldsmobile, what was it, WS30 or whatever. I, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm not that into it that I would, you know, I'm sure I would notice the difference if they were side by side. But, you know, I'm, I'm not in that area of expertise. But I mean, is there any car that just kind of blew you away as far? I mean, you know, we've all seen the Challengers and the Camaros and and stuff like that. Um, I don't want to say they're common, but you know, they're they're kind of more common than others obviously but is is there any uh unique vehicle that showed up there that you were just like wow this is amazing Jeez, man yeah i don't know that's really kind of that's I, a tough one on the spot there's so many uh yes there was one on there it was a uh i want to say it was a 19 it was it was a 70 but it was built in 69 and it was it was one of one and if you look on the site, if you dig far enough back, you'll find this. Uh, um, I believe it was a uh, the well, it was a Mo- it was a Dodge, so it would have been a, a 
Sublime Green car. Mm-hmm. It was a convertible, and it was an RT. Well, it was a convertible that had air conditioning, electric windows, and all this stuff because it was actually the, the quote-unquote show car. So when they built the car, it went to the, to the Dodge shows. So they said, well, this is what we're coming out with next. So it had like three fender tags on it, which was very rare. Well, the guy who owned this car had uh, – yeah, this, this story gets long, but this car had been wrecked so many times it was not. I mean, it was hard to actually fix this car because you wanted to bring it back to original since it was one of one. One of one. That is incredible. So, so, so anyway, they brought that car got brought out to uh, Sergeant Garage, and uh, he, he restored that car. Um, and basically brought that body back to original, which is an absolutely amazing feat with, with the way that car was. At one time, he's got pictures on that, too. You can go look at it on Facebook. The car had been wrecked. It got ran over by a semi. It had been rolled. You know, so this car, if this was any other car, it would not have been fixed. And, uh, and he brought that back. So that, that, that's a pretty cool and amazing story that he actually brought that back the way he did. Since then... Um, he has had quite a few rare cars. If you talk about the Challengers, I don't know if you guys ever heard of a show called Graveyard Cars. They bring back yep. uh, oh, yeah. almost yeah. cars. And they had this. It's an S-E-R-T Challenger. Both both letters. S-E-R-T, which is pretty rare. Uh, and I want to say they made 29 of those. Uh, and they redid one on Graveyard Cars. And they didn't know for sure how many of those cars were actually left out of the 29 total that were ever made in 1970. And at that time, my brother had two of them in his shop. So, you know, that kind of goes to tell you kind of what, what he actually does get into that, into his shop, because that's very rare. Uh, and, and, that, and one of those SERTs came from the same owner of that one-of-one one car. So since he did that car for that guy, one-of-one, one, since then he's brought, I think, three cars, three other cars back to him. So, so you know, he... He he uh, he made him happy. <laughs> well, you just think of you think of you know like you were talking about the barn fights. You just you, you get up and you just wonder. I mean, I drive around here around where I live here, and I I see a few old RTs sitting under sheds that uh, they're they're in tough shape. You know, they're it looks like they're smashed up a little bit, and they're you know sitting under a shed. They're probably rusted pretty bad. The frames are probably bad on them, and but you you know how many of them are in barns that are, you know, you get up in northern Minnesota that how long they've been sitting there. I mean, it, it's amazing. I got I got some cousins that uh, they go to junkyards and they, they look for them and they find them and they pull them out of junkyards and they got the frame deal there and I believe the one one relative's got probably 15 to 20, maybe maybe 30 cars now, but he's got, you know, Chevelle Super Sports, he's got a couple TA Challengers, he's got a couple Camaros and you know that him and the other cousin that's they they pull them right down to the frame and start from scratch and go over and that's what they do i mean it gives them something to do and you know they're in their 60s and and uh you know they got they got a lot of money sitting in that shed yeah yeah oh yeah yeah and it and it takes a lot of money to get them to get them restored you know it's it's one of those things um you know if, if you if you want if you want one just because you want a classic car, go buy one. Done. <laughs> yes. Yes. But if you but if you have one that means something to you, uh, something your dad had, something your grandpa had, something that you have had 
that you need you want restored because it's not going anywhere then you then you then you want to do it you want to get that car restored you want to spend the money to get it you know the way you remember it but you know if you're just looking for a for a classic car because here's a perfect example uh i have two classic cars and my brother didn't touch any of them so (laughs) so what's that tell you (laughs) so i just went out and kind of bought what i what i like not necessarily what i i i uh not necessarily my dream car, although I did kind of track that down later, but and that is in my shop at this point. But that was not worked on; that was bought already, um, already done. So um, now, if I had something like, for example, my dad had a 1970 Super B. He bought it when he was 20 years old. Of course, sold it. The old story everybody's heard: when yep. you couldn't afford the gas because you had a kid, you had to sell your car. And if he found that car, that car that he bought, which he looked for almost every day, that car would get restored no matter how much money it cost. So, sure. so that's kind of the difference in, in uh, that's kind of the difference in decision making right there. And for somebody who's looking to get their car restored there at Sergeant Garage, uh, I know there's probably no uh, easy time frame, but I mean, what can they expect as far as a time frame? Because I'm sure some of this stuff, I would guess, takes over a year even, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah, depending on yeah, what you have does. to do. Yeah, it does. It it does take a while, um, and I think a lot a lot of times, um, you know, it depends, of course, on how how. I mean, if it's ground up, uh, frame off restoration. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I think a year is a reasonable time. Uh, it depends on how you know what, what are you going to need for parts? What are you going to need to order? Um, how back to original is this car supposed to be? Um, and sometimes they don't need to be back to original, but if you want it back to original, it's going to take longer because you have to have the right parts. You have to have the OEM parts, and well, things can take some time. Um, one of the things I okay, so I was looking at a car one time, and was with my brother in the shop, and I'm like, well, take me over this, and uh, he had the trunk up, and he talked about how he had just spent like six hours in this trunk, <laughs> and you couldn't tell or see what he'd done. You couldn't see it. I don't know what you did there, but he spent so much time in his trunk. This, you know, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not good at this stuff. But um, you can spend a lot of time on something, and it don't look like you've come very far. So a lot of times when people come in and they say, um, "Oh, you, you need some more money?" Yes, I do. Yeah. What have you done? Yeah. <laughs> well, you've actually done a lot, and I think that's the difference than than just bringing a car in, polishing it up, making it look nice, and having somebody say, ooh, shiny. Yeah. And then here's the money. Or did you get it done right? Did you do the ground up? Did you make the car like you alluded to earlier, Stan? Did you make the car safer? Um, you know, a lot of these cars come in, and they are not roadworthy. Um, and there's a lot of cars these guys are driving around right now that aren't roadworthy, yeah. uh, whether they think they're done or not. You know, so there's, um, there's a lot of parts on a car. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, exactly. Not something I would. De- I definitely want to have the patience to do what your brother does. That is that is definitely yeah. for sure. Um, one last question before we go: uh, Is there a favorite car you have that you either own, or is there uh, a favorite car of yours that you uh, dream of owning and hope to own someday? Yeah, what would that car be? This will make everybody mad at me because um, I'm not that old. I, my wife says I'm not that old. I feel old, but my wife says I'm not that old. Yeah. So I have a 71 Challenger, and I have a 69 Coronet. Um, the 69 Coronet, my wife claims that to be hers. 
the 71 Challenger is mine. I love the car. A sassy grass green 71 Challenger was my dream car. I, I, I wanted one of those for a long time and was able to get one. But you talked earlier about comfort and amenities. Yeah. When I go jump in that car, uh, you know, guy Chris talked about this is what these this is what these guys drove back in the seventies. This was their cars. And I say to myself, How are these your cars? You know, you jumped in in the winter, they started. You jumped in them in the summer, you drove them all over the place. Did they overheat? Yeah, sometimes I suppose they did. But nowadays, we get them, get in them, and we putz around. So when we're putzing around, of course, the car gets warm, it gets hot. So, oh, gosh, it's 90 degrees out. I don't have air conditioning. And I'm, I'm putzing around. Oh, it's going to overheat, this and that. So sometimes I would just love to have me a SRT or just a Hellcat. Yeah, that has air conditioning and six hundred and some horsepower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I was I was just out in Texas here uh, a few months ago, and we were in this little town of Kilgore, Texas. And by God, I'm looking at this Dodge dealership, but here's a Hellcat sitting there. And uh, you know, I had to walk across the street to go look at it. Yep, it's you know, eight hundred horsepower or whatever was under the hood of this thing, and I'm thinking. Man, would I love this car. And I looked at the price tag on it, and I said, man, I'd have to go back to work. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, but what a gorgeous car. I mean, this thing had every bell and whistle in it. I mean, it, it was I, – I wish it was – I wish it looked like a 70s one, though, instead of the newer one. Yeah, yeah, they, they look a little bit uh, – they do look a little bit newer. You know, they've, they've tried to try – to, to make it similar to the old uh, Challengers. And, and, and uh, you know, I think some other car companies are coming out and trying to do that too. Um, but I agree with you. It's like, why, why can't we make them look exactly the same and just put all the new stuff on them? But, yeah, um, yeah I don't know what, I don't know why they don't do that. But, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I think that, I, I, I think I would like to have a newer car just because it's easier to jump in it and go. Well, you still don't have that old Monte Carlo. You could always restore that. Yeah, it's still sitting out there. Uh, wow. My wife, <laughs> she just got it back. She Unbelievable. It down. We got a good buddy at the college down here. You know the college, Iowa yep. Community College, and a really good friend of ours. He always worked on that car for her because I think he knows what it means to her. So yep. it is down there getting little things done to it all the time. We've got the door handle fixed, and I got a kid that's about to start driving, believe it or not, full-time in January. So uh, the funny thing about that is, with all the cars sitting here available to drive, you know what she likes the best? She likes my old work truck that I got set, and I use it to <laughs> run to the dump, throw yep. grass clippings in it. It's my, it's my 2000 GMC single cab pickup with the rusted off Nerf bars. That's her favorite to drive. Well, you don't so, have to worry about banging into anything with that one. Yeah, she's going to be easy. She's going to be an easy one for me. I, that's that's a, no problem, I told her. If you like that one, you can have it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always a pleasure uh, catching up with you, Sarge. Uh, thanks for checking in with us. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Uh, uh, always fun to talk to you guys. And, and uh, check out all that information on uh, Facebook or Instagram. You can check out the guys. And if anybody needs to get a hold of me, um, uh, that's fine, too. I'd be happy to be a middleman. Uh, of course, I don't get... I don't get compensated that well, but I, I would be more than happy to help them out or, uh, or uh, get them where they need to be. Sounds great. Yeah. Thanks again, Sarge. Yeah,
If you get up in this neck of the woods, give us a call. We'll take you fishing. We'll let you watch Stan throw anchor that he doesn't know how to do. I'd love to do that. <laughs> I would love to do that. <laughs> Sounds great, Sarge. Take her easy, man. Got it, fellas. See you. Bye-bye. That is uh, Troy Sargent from Sergeant Garage. You can check him out on uh, Facebook, Sergeant Garage. Uh, we'll put a link on our page as well. Uh, lots of cool cars and always uh, fun to chat. We'll uh, chat more cars here when we come back. Also, uh, some news releases from the DNR. we got a new uh, state fisheries chief and also uh, some rough and uh, sharp-tailed grouse numbers coming out. We'll get to that. And uh, I had kind of a uh, a bad... Uh, Bad, something bad happened here the other day, Kudak, that I have to share with you. So we'll get to that next here when we wrap things up on Outdoor Adventures, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iArt Radio app. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. Then I'll be gone and you. Oh, there's always time for one, just one more. Not much time left here on Outdoor Adventures, though, wrapping things up here at the top of the hour. Then uh, Black Republican, Black Democrat will be taking over up until uh, 7 o'clock tonight. But we got some news to get into here to wrap things up on Outdoor Adventures. I'm Stan Poggle and my friend Chris Kudak joining me as always. And we chatted about this to start off the show, but Brad Parsons has been named. He's a 31-year fisheries veteran and current Central Region Fisheries Manager. He's been selected as the new fisheries chief for the DNR, taking over for our friend Don Pereira. He's a St. Paul Park resident there, Kudak. He's been at the DNR Central Region Fisheries Manager since 2010. He managed the region's eight fisheries offices. He played a key role in management issues on Mille Lacs, St. Croix, Mississippi, and also uh, one of the agency's point persons with the citizen-based walleye work group. He began his career at the DNR researching a range of topics, including walleye populations, angler harvest and attitudes, wetland ecology, and predator-slash-prey interactions. So there you go. So apparently he already has been working in your area, Kudak. So. Well, you know, I, I just hope uh, that he's... Uh, a guy of a guy that uh, you know gets all the information doesn't go with the the DNR uh, how do they do their numbers deal with this and that and you know I've seen them do their water test and their their uh, their uh, kill ratio they they guess at it and I'm hoping this this gentleman is one of them guys that say you know what get rid of the nets we don't need them we're in the year 2000 Everybody fishes the same way, go back to the way it should be, and, and you know, everybody work together and, and bring bring some business back to them poor resorts and bait and tackle stores around here and the guides, the guys that are trying to make a living up there. Uh, and hopefully the new governor we get, you never know who it could be, Stan. It could be, be somebody you know. Well, that's what I, we should maybe mention that uh, to the listeners out there. We've been we've been kind of joking around lately, but Kudak's just been on fire here lately. So I was thinking maybe we have to start a campaign fundraiser for you and, and get you on the ballot here this fall. And, you know, I talked to Sue Jeffers, the, the host of the show right before ours, and she's uh, really deeply entrenched in the political world. And I told her, you know, I said I had a campaign slogan for you. And I said, well, you have to vote for Kuduk because he's got puck luck. Thinking we're in Minnesota, state of hockey, all that stuff. She said, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't be using that. It's too cheesy. It won't work. There aren't enough hockey fans to uh, to win the popular vote. And 
So, so I came up with another one, and I, I hope I can remember it on the spot here because you you know me, I can't remember much past yesterday, if if even that. But what 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 is it? Uh, vote for Kudak. Uh, he's Minnesota nice without the high price. I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if I get if I was the governor, that we'd have some casinos, the taxes would be gone, and uh, you know we'd, we'd we'd have some funding. Our, our our fishing license and our in our uh, taxes on our vehicles and stuff. You know, we'd have to. That would be the first thing I'd worked on, and our and our and our natural resources, getting that back to where it should be. So, where do you think it should be? I mean, what 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 are the issues you have with it right now? Got a couple well, minutes. I mean, we got we we used to have a million ducks in this country. We don't because all the wetlands are drained. We 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 got. Uh, you know, we got deer population that's booming, and and uh, you know, they why don't we open it up for for uh, you know every year? I mean, the season I hunt is only a week season, where where it could be two weeks, and if you shoot, shoot you put uh, you can't shoot anything but an eight pointer. Anything that's that's smaller than eight pointer, you can't shoot. Or if you got too many does, you know, you you, you leave the bucks alone in that that zone. You shoot does. I mean. There's there's ways to to work with this stuff. You you get people there and you talk to the people and and find out what they want to do, and put some casinos in the state, yeah, some state-run casinos. Get some, get some kind of gambling going because everybody in the state gambles. They're either going to Vegas or they're going to their other casinos. You get some casinos here to put some funding back in for for uh, the natural resources, the parks, the. You know, and gas prices. I mean, our gas prices are so high. We got enough fuel in this country that we wouldn't have to worry about. Put some refineries in this country and drop our gas prices down. And we put more people back to work. And, uh, you know, and then again, you got the food stamps deal. You got this, that. People don't want to, you know, you, you, you know, mandatory drug testing. Everybody takes a drug test. If you can't pass the drug test, you don't get, you don't get your benefits. You're done. Oh, boy. Here we go. Kudak 2018 for Minnesota governor. Vote for Kudak. He's Minnesota nice without the high price. Check it out. Thanks for cheering it in here, uh, buddy. We'll uh, chat with you soon. Bye, bye. Bye-bye. That's legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer Chris Kudak. I'm Stan Poggle, average everyday outdoorsman and two-time reigning bottle bass champion. Jamar and Pat went in with Black Republican, Black Democrat. Coming up next on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130.